Hey everyone, it's Carly here again, and I'm back with another episode of the I've Got Your Number podcast. Today's episode is going to be all about the Enneagram One, which is titled The Perfectionist. I'm here with Hannah Lovey, Indy McNutt, and Lindsay McMillan. Uh, would you guys mind just telling me a little bit about yourselves? Absolutely, Carly. Um, <laughs> I am Indy. I am the only male in the room at the moment. A um, little bit about myself. As Carly said, the title of this episode is Perfectionist. I feel like I definitely f- fit into that to a T. Um, I mean, just a little bit about myself. Very uh, perfection-driven, inner critic, hardworking. Um, probably what's gotten me to this point in life. I'm about to graduate and uh, excited to move on to uh, to bigger and better challenges and uh, to see where that leads. So, Thank you. Hi, I'm Hannah, and um, I think The Perfectionist is a perfect title for this type, (laughs) at least in regards to me. Um, I am an accounting major, and so I feel like that fits pretty well with the whole detail-oriented and um, just wanting to make sure everything is in its place. So, um, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Hi, I'm Lindsay, and I definitely have to agree that I fit one to a T. Um, I'm a senior, and I'm a business management major, and yep, that's me. Thank you, guys. So the first question that I'm going to start with is just kind of a general question, um, and it's how well do you think you know yourself? Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> starting heavy questions right off the bat. Um, I think it really just kind of depends on which area or aspect of yourself we're thinking like we're trying to get at um I think in some areas of my life I feel like I know myself very well like um I said I would say like I know what's important to me what I believe Mm -hmm. um some of the things that I want to accomplish um not off but a lot of times I don't know how I want to get there um just those kind of things I think it's uh I think I I know myself pretty good but there's also some times where I'm like I don't know what in the world I'm doing so I I feel like it's to a degree it just depends on um what specific aspect we're looking at yeah I relate to that (laughs) yeah like Indy said um you know I know my beliefs pretty well and I know uh, like how I like to work or um you know my what my priorities are most of the time (laughs) sometimes they get a little mixed up but um I don't know. Uh, it some of those what you might call deeper things. I don't really think about that often. I yeah. guess. <laughs> um, so it just yeah. I I know some things about myself, but I definitely don't spend a lot of time thinking about deeper things. Mm. I guess. Yeah, I would have to agree that I think that I know myself pretty well, but at the same time, there's certain situations to where like I'm like, oh, okay, maybe not, but. Um, I think that everyone has like a certain image or an idea of who they want to be and then they kind of fade that with like oh I think I'm that like on those surveys and stuff Mm -hmm. and they join other kind of groups but knowing your true self is kind of difficult but yeah I don't know I think I'm half and half yeah I would definitely agree so my next question kind of relating to that is do you think that self-awareness is an important factor in a person's growth um Yes, yes, definitely. Um, I'm always a big believer that before you can solve a problem, you must be willing to admit there's a problem. 
And so I think before you can grow as a person, I think you need to be able to sit down with yourself, look yourself in the mirror, and realize that there are always areas where you can grow. And that starts with a good sense of self-awareness. And it takes a lot to get to that point. Um, sometimes you have to be beaten down and broken before mm. you realize that, before before you become self-aware. Um, sometimes it takes a lot to get to that point. But I think definitely um, that in order to grow, you definitely have to be able to be aware that there is room to grow. So I think self-awareness is important for that. I agree that it's definitely an important thing for growth. Um, I would say that part of self-awareness is being honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I probably struggle with the most is um, being too critical of myself. And so I see all the areas that need improvement where it's harder for me to identify what my strengths actually are. Um, So one of you to say. (laughs) Yes, very one of me. Um, But... Anyway, so yes, I think self-awareness is very important to grow, but you have to recognize both your strengths and your weaknesses to move forward. That's kind of what I was going to say is yes, because like knowing your kind of negative attributes, because everyone has um, the negative things about yourself, like sometimes someone will make a decision and I'm like, what the heck, why would you do that? And I'm kind of critical of others, but then I need to step back and be like, okay, like not everyone thinks like me and wouldn't make the same decision as me. So that can allow me to grow and be better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So kind of switching gears here to um, more type specific and like even a little deeper questions. Um, What was your personality like as a child? And what do you think has changed and what do you think has remained the same? And maybe talk about some factors that you think have played big roles in the development of your personalities. Um, as a child, I feel like I was type one, as type one can get mm-hmm. from a perfectionist standpoint. Um, uh, just a little bit. It's going to be a little deep. Um in about the fifth or sixth grade, I was diagnosed with OCD and anxiety, a lot of that stemming from the internal perfectionist inside mm-hmm. of me. Um, and in, in social, in some social situations as a, as a younger child, um, it was just uh, those, those two things and uh, my want to just be perfection in everything that I did. It was, uh, some, it was crippling in some social situations. Um, um, sometimes like just completely could not operate in a social environment. Um, parents threatened to pull me out of sports as a kid, which as a kid, that would have absolutely been the end of the world for me. Mm-hmm. I probably would have rather get, taken a razor scooter in the ankle than, <laughs> than, than quit sports as a kid. But, um, I feel like I feel like type one, being a type one, that perfectionist really hurt me in those kind of situations as a kid. And one of the biggest things, as I've grown since being a kid, um, one of the biggest parts of being in my development is learning to be less of a type one, I guess, in a sense, and and being okay with not being perfect, learning to deal with I don't have to be in control and organize every little thing. I don't have to um, 
just know I don't have to be you know anxious in a in a situation um I think I think learning to be less or not even be less be more comfortable in is a better word yeah to be to be more comfortable in my type to know that um I don't have to be in control it doesn't have to be perfect um I think those are really some things that have uh played in in my development and as a as a personality um I think uh I think those uh, those are really some things that contributed to that, and yeah, 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 that's fun. <laughs> wow. Well, I really appreciate you sharing that yeah. with us. Um, so when I think back to when I was a child, I definitely first think about being in school and being the rule follower. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, I just it was it was like I was a very bad kid or something if I broke a rule and I did my best to not only follow the the written rules per se um, but also kind of those unwritten expectations from teachers and parents and Mm -hmm. um, other people I looked up to so I I was definitely I mean even my sisters would call me like oh you're the perfect child or whatever (laughs) and I would almost like I would be happy but at the same time kind of feel uh I don't know, not isolated, but just like people looked at me like I was bad for being good. I yeah, don't know. it was very, it's a very strange <laughs> feeling. Um, but the other part of that is I was also always trying to do my best. And so my competition was not with others, but with myself, always trying to do better than whatever I had done previously. Mm-hmm. And so that made it I, it made me do well in school and in other things, but it was also just very stressful sometimes because I had such high expectations for myself. And even when others, well, others like my teachers or my parents rewarded me doing well. And so it was just kind of a perpetual system of you do well, you are, you know, you please everyone around you. But um, I don't know, eventually it got to the point where it was just like, I, if I made a mistake, I just was absolutely like crushed with it. And so I've had to learn over the years that making mistakes is okay. Mm-hmm. You can let go a little bit. Letting go is so hard for me. And yeah. still it's something I'm learning to do. But I think I'm slowly getting better at it. So, As a kid, I was definitely um, afraid to mess up. I didn't want to do anything wrong. Um, I played soccer. And so anytime I would you know mess up, I was extremely hard on myself. I like as a kid like I always colored inside the lines I did not want to mess up um and then also I like me and my sister are four years apart and so like I've always had kind of a mature mentality because um like she was like my little kid like we're really close so um we've uh I think I grew up faster than what I should have but I mean my parents were always there but at the same time I've always had this mentality where like I'm a role model I have to be perfect and now mm-hmm. I kind of feel bad because she's in, like, in the shadow, and it kind of messes with her because she's like, like you said, Hannah, oh, you're the perfect child. And so um, letting go, I think, is a big point because it's okay if you don't make an A on a test. It is okay. Yeah. Everything's going to be okay. Yeah. And I think this experience for all of us has taught us that, you know, we're not perfect. And being a one, we're supposed to be perfect, but at the end of the day, no one's perfect. And so I think I've changed in that aspect because as a child, I definitely tried to be perfect, or I thought that I was trying to be perfect, but... I think I've changed a little bit. I hope I have. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So Hannah and Lindsay, you guys kind of touched on the dynamics of your 
relationships with your siblings. Um, and I, um, I am engaged to a one. So I have a little bit of experience on how kind of those dynamics work. Um, and I'm a two. So sometimes there's, there are issues, um, that come up from him being a one and, and from me being a two, like I will, um, I just want him to know that I'm there for him all the time. And I try really hard to, I will like rehearse wording in my head over and over and over before I say anything to him or bring up like anything to him. Um, and if it's not like said in the right way, um, he lets me know. Um, and that's just the one in him and it's just the two in me. And, um, I know that that has caused some, struggles in our relationship and so I'm just curious if you guys have any experiences that are similar. Indy, I know you're in sort of a um, a serious relationship with an eight and you've had other relationships too so I didn't know if you would want to speak on that a little bit. So to speak on the relationship that I'm currently in with an eight, um, in my research five minutes before I walked in this room of how compatible <laughs> ones and eights are, um, I believe the exact words were fire and ice, um, which whenever I think about it kind of is kind of true. Um, very opposite of each other, but in, but the way that the thing I was reading puts it like your oppositions are what ultimately lead you um, attracted to each other, which I mean, mm-hmm. I would agree with that. So I mean, it can cause um, it can cause like um, some some disgruntlement at times because you know as an H she wants to be in control and which I mean there's nothing wrong with that but like she just feels like she has to be in control she's very independent and as a one um, and a perfectionist um, one thing that I always want to do is just do what I can to fix whatever situation like I mean even if I can't fix it I feel like I I feel like I I have to do something in order to try to fix it Mm -hmm. and as you said in past relationships that's gotten me in trouble um trying to to fix everything and but I mean ultimately trying to fix things led me to you know to we're not going to go into that but it (laughs) led it led me into um it led me out of that relationship trying to be a perfectionist and it led me to the one I'm in now which of course you know very happy but but like you said yeah some it's it's it can cause some disagreements at times but i think overall it uh, it helps us work well together yeah as a as a team really more than anything yeah so speaking of like relationships my first thought was my siblings um i have three sisters one older and two younger and i w- We've gotten along for the most part through the years. We've definitely had moments and phases where we've not gotten along as well. And I can recall, I think it was particularly during middle school with my younger sister, one of them, um, she would almost insult me for being a perfectionist and like mm-hmm. being like a perfect child or whatever, when really that wasn't true. But, you know, being the rule follower and someone who wanted to live up to my parents' expectations in every way, shape, and form, um, they definitely saw me as someone, like, that was, like, this perfect child, and I, I think in a way they, they disliked me for that, Mm -hmm. um, 
And so that, that sometimes caused issues between us because I thought I was just trying to do my best and they were distancing themselves from me because, or maybe I was distancing myself from them, I don't know, um, because of our differences there. Um, but in this, on the other side of that, it, my siblings and I have gotten along really well since middle school, basically. Um, and I think it's partially because we've grown to recognize each other's differences. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think one of my sister, my younger sister that I used to get like kind of in fights with during that time, uh, she is a seven, I believe. And so she's got a lot of things that I would love to be sometimes. Um, and so she kind of helps me to grow towards um, letting go Mm-hmm. which I've talked about earlier, um, which is just really helpful. So, yeah. Um, I think to put it broadly, like for my family and friends, um, I feel like everyone comes to me for advice and things, and it's like hard to give these people advice when I don't even understand. Because <laughs> I just feel like a lot of people have problems and stuff, and it's nice to talk about it, but I sometimes don't have the answers for them. But more specifically, um, I don't know what number my girlfriend is, but I think she may be an eight because what Indy was saying, she always has to be in control. She's very independent, and that's completely opposite me. Um, she's also not afraid to share her opinion, and I'm very, like, suppressing my opinion, yeah. and I don't want to <laughs> cause any turmoil. But, um, yeah, I haven't really had any issues. Maybe one kind of negative thing of being a one, I think that I get kind of pushed around a lot or kind of, like, pushed over because I'm just really easygoing. It's whatever. Um Sometimes it's hard to, like, stick up for myself because I don't want to ruffle any feathers. But yeah, um, I think that that – I I don't think, one, like, being a one has caused any issues with relationships. But yeah, I don't know. It's nice to have an opposite because if you don't have an opposite and you're two alike, then I don't think it works out. But it just clashes. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So my next question would usually be um, how has – being your personality type affected um, your experience within specifically the honors program and a little more broadly put just college in general but I think we can all agree that you guys are perfectionists and it's just kind of made you guys um, strive to do your very best and live up Mm -hmm. to expectations and things like that so if you guys are okay with it I think we'll just acknowledge that and (laughs) move to the next question sounds good (laughs) yeah Um, so my next and last question is what is the best thing or your favorite thing about being an Enneagram type one? And then also what is the worst or the hardest thing about being a type one? Um, so I think the best thing about best or my favorite thing about being a type one is the perfectionist, um, is being a perfectionist. It, um, it pushes me to be the best version of myself that I can be. Mm-hmm. Um, it holds me to a higher standard. I know a lot of times, like, I find myself thinking, you know, you know, I could slack off and lower myself to, like, these other people's standards and get by and it'll be just fine. But then I, but then there's the little voice inside that says, no, you're, you're capable of much more. Mm-hmm. Um, hold yourself better to that. And then on the flip side of that, I think the most challenging part of being a type one is being a perfectionist (laughs) because like I said you constantly have that little voice in you telling you that 
you can do better, you need to be more, and then sometimes you can't be more. Um, I think that the worst part of being a type one is also being the perfectionist. Um, you know, there's there's still that that same voice that tells you to to keep going, and uh, and be better is also the same one that says you're you're not good enough. You need to keep doing more, and uh, I feel like that's also a little bit of a part that uh, that can drag us ones down. Is just uh, the perfectionist. It's a it's a double edged sword. It just depends on which way you want to look at it, really. Yeah, I definitely agree with Indy. But what I might add to that is that um, like the best part is that I. I want to do well. I want to be my best. And so I, I do generally do well in whatever I try to do. Um, but unfortunately, the worst side or the worst part of it is that I, I continually criticize myself for things. And so it's hard to um, kind of appreciate what I have accomplished. Um, and so, yeah, I would say I would say that's the worst part. And I would also have to agree, best is perfectionist, worst is perfectionist. Um, but I do think the best thing is because I've set a high standard, I've been able to like achieve my personal goals and reach success because of me being a perfectionist. But kind of like Hannah said, the worst thing is I can't even celebrate those things because I'm looking for the next thing to work on and be successful yeah. and achieve. So. Okay, well, I think that that's all I have for you guys tonight. So thank you so much for for coming out and being willing to, to be featured on my podcast. Um, and as always, I'm Carly, and I've got your number.